Hey guys, good morning team. Hope you're all well. So I know I've been banging on about this masterclass for the last uh, two, three weeks because I've been really excited about it myself. So I want to introduce you to Martin Brady, who is going to be doing a masterclass on raising standards. So I've told you all how good it's going to be. So got big expectations to live up to, mate. Um, and yeah, so but basically what we'll do, we'll let Martin roll with it. As he said, we're going to do um, questions halfway through it and then questions again at the end. So if you pop them in a box um, and I'll kind of get to them and I, I can read them out as we go. So I'll let Martin take over. And yeah, welcome, mate. Perfect. James, thanks very much for having me. Guys, really, really looking forward to presenting this today. Just before I kick off where I'm living, okay, it's, it's right on the foot of the coast here in Ireland and there is a severe weather warning today. So absolute gale force winds outside. If I pause at any stage, James, you just let me know. It might momentarily pause for a couple of seconds, but, but nothing major. I've been, on, I've been on a few calls this morning and it's been working okay. But what we're going to be speaking about here today, guys, is kind of how to set new standards for yourself so that whenever you achieve a result, when you achieve a new physique, when you make a mindset shift, whatever it is you're looking to achieve on James's program, that you're able to set a standard where you can sustain that long-term. That's what I primarily focus on within the fitness industry. My background would be military-based, okay? So I would have been in the army for 17 years before I transitioned into the fitness industry, where I was an elite sniper, I was a sergeant, and I was working in a leadership capacity for 16 of those years. So just a bit about my background from teenage years I would have been uh, boxing at, at a fairly high level so I would have been an Irish international boxer um, where I was boxing on the elite Irish squad for a number of years and that was right up until early adult life whenever I joined the army so I would have joined the army at 17 years old it was actually three weeks after my 17th birthday whenever I decided to join the army now at the time I was only eight stone and um, so I was like one of the latest people to actually ever join the military in Ireland I actually struggled to pass the fitness test at the start, not from the physical side of it, but due to the fact that my BMI, my body mass index, was actually underweight for what was expected to get into the army. But they were struggling to get people in. Recruitment was a big, big struggle at that time. So they took me in and said, we'll feed you up. So whenever I got in there, I was obviously fairly insecure. I obviously had a lot of low self-confidence because... I was a lot smaller, I was a lot younger than all the other recruits. Like I didn't shave or anything like that. So I was always going to be the butt of a few jokes. But the first thing I looked at inside there was like the, the leaders, the people, the instructors who were working over me, the standards that they set. I was always just kind of inspired by the standards that they set. And that's something that I want to achieve myself. And it made me realize that the difference between absolutely every person, okay, is the standards that they set. The difference between the elite guys in the army and the very, very average guys was the standards that they set. So that's something that I really, really employ. That's a mindset I kind of employed within the army. And uh, what you can see here is a blurred picture. That's actually me on my sniper course. The guy who took that picture blurred it out on purpose because the sniper is not supposed to be seen. But... I worked in a leadership capacity from the age of 19 years old. So I did my first tour of duty. I did five tours of duty with the army. And I did my first one at 18. So I celebrated my 18th birthday in Monrovia, Liberia. And when I came back from there, I went straight into a leadership course. I was awarded the best soldier in that course. And that kind of catapulted my leadership career right up until 2015, 
where I was in charge of an operational post out in Lebanon with 60 troops and millions of euro worth of equipment underneath me. The sniper course would be the standout skill that I employed throughout the army. It would be the standout skill, the standout course where I took so much life lessons from and I kind of helped people implement into different aspects of their life. And that's primarily what I'm going to be kind of focusing on and speaking about here today is the actual lessons I took from the sniper course itself. A lot of people used to say to me in the army, why are you doing a sniper course? Like it's not going to give you any skills for when you leave the army. You're not going to have a license from it. You're not going to have computer skills from it. So why put yourself through torture like that when there's nothing you can bring further in life? But what people didn't see, it's the standards, the attitude, and the mentality, the mental resilience, the physical resilience. It's all of those things I took from the course that I can now implement into every single aspect of my life. But more importantly, I can help other people implement into every aspect of their life. So where I am right now, um, I'm a qualified strength and conditioning coach. So I've done a bachelor's degree in strength and conditioning. Uh, I'm a qualified life coach and mindset coach as well. So they're the main kind of things that I utilize within my coaching program. It's called the Built Lead Program. I primarily work with fitness coaches, life coaches, people working in managerial positions, people working in leadership capacities, and I'm just helping them develop physical, mental resilience, and like I said, increase their standards in every aspect of their life. So guys, to start off, okay, the first point I want to talk about is, is it, this is the one thing I want you to really take from this today, okay? I call this the sniper standards. And I'm going to explain a bit of what, what a sniper course is and the standards that you want to set from that, okay? A sniper course is an elite skill, okay? So obviously a sniper is known for having a really, really good shot, but there's so many other different skills you have to have to be an elite level sniper. Like you need to be able to navigate the high standard, communicate the high standard, uh, grid and scale aerial photographs, judge distance, observe, take down information, all the different skills you have to have a sniper have to be at an elite level, okay? The course itself is an 80% failure rate. Okay, so if 10 students start the course, eight are going to fail. And people that do a sniper course are very, very highly trained soldiers. So it is a very intense course, both physically and more importantly, mentally, because when you start that course, there's certain tests that you have to pass, okay? You're doing them from week one when you haven't got the skills yet. The reason you do that is to test you mentally to overcome failure. You're being taught how to fail, how to feel like crap. Every single day when you finish a test, you stand in front in a line, an instructor calls out your name, Brady, fail, Brady, fail again, you failed again, you're constantly listening to that, and it's to test you mentally to see how you can bounce back from those disappointments, from those failures, those obstacles. With the course itself, there's different gradings in which you can pass it, okay, so there's a badge, there's an elite sniper badge that you get if you pass every single course the last week of it. Now, that sounds very, very straightforward. I could be all day explaining the course, the test on it, but I won't. But less than 13 people in the army had that actual badge. Out of 10,500 people, less than 13 in the army had that badge, okay, whenever I did the course. And it's something I really, really wanted to challenge myself to get because I thought if I got that badge, it's going to help me to set a completely new standard. And I did. And what I realized, okay, is when I came back off the sniper course, that badge is worn on your uniform forevermore. So if I'm in a barrack environment, okay, and, and I'm walking around, you're wearing a badge that other people are not wearing. 
so people identify you to have really high standards and to be a soldier who has high standards. So your physical condition, it becomes the norm. The way you treat people, the way you communicate with people, your dress deportment, that all becomes the new standard because recruits, people joining the army, they're now looking up to you. Okay, so that's the standard that I had to set. And But I was training other guys. So I was within a, an, a, a unit where we trained people, we instructed people. The standard that I set was this, okay? Every single military course that's intense or robust, there is always like a culminating exercise that's going to be really, really hard. There's always going to be a big, big challenge that's going to be really hard. It could be a terrain walk over a mountain. It could be a terrain walk by road. And you could be carrying a lot of weight in your back. So generally, it could be anything from 60 right up to 120 pounds on your back. And there's a truck follows behind. And the reason that truck is following is because not everyone's going to finish the challenge. People are going to want to quit. People are going to want to give up. People are going to stop halfway. All of these different things. And inevitably, a lot of people are going to get on the truck. And the standard that I set with the guys that I was instructing is that no matter what course you do, we're representing each other, we're representing the unit, we're representing the team, the ethos, the values that we promote. No matter what happens, you don't get on the truck. And that's the standard that, that I encourage people to set with their health and fitness. It can be really, really challenging. Life can throw a lot of obstacles at you whenever you're trying to get in shape. If you're trying to lose 20, 30, 40, even right up to 100 pounds of weight loss, life is going to throw so many obstacles, so many challenges at you but you don't get on the truck. You have that end goal, which is your mountaintop, and understand that the reason a truck follows in the back is because it's meant to be challenging. It's meant to test you. Okay, but the real test of character is the people who don't get on the truck. So if there's one thing, guys, if I hit stop here right now, okay. if there's one thing I want you to take away from this today is that you don't get on the truck. And that's what a sniper standard is, okay? It's somebody who refuses to get on the truck, consistently believes themselves, which we'll talk about a bit more in a second, and you consistently move forward towards your goals. Okay, the next point, I wanna talk about making that mindset shift. So how do you make that mindset shift from someone who might have low self-confidence, might have been failing tests again and again and again, like I was on a sniper course, and all of a sudden, you're now a person that's setting a new standard in your life where you refuse to get on the truck. So we all know that our mindset, okay, is belief systems that we have. If you believe that you're someone who can take on any challenge, can take on any goal and achieve it 100%, then that's the mindset you have. You have a confident mindset. If you believe that you're someone who struggles to lose weight, struggles to make time for exercise, never really achieves things, constantly gives up or constantly fails, then that's the mindset, that's the belief system you have. Now, here's the analogy I want to use. When you pass a sniper course, every single sniper gets what we call a different smock, which is a jacket. So every single soldier in the army gets issued a, a, a normal daily smock, a jacket, a hooded jacket that they wear to work. A sniper gets issued a completely different one. Okay, it's tailored, it's a lot more specific, it's got a lot more pockets, it just looks way better. Okay, it, looks, it looks like, you know, a million dollars, absolute damn night from what the standard issue was. And I can remember when I first joined the army, I seen a sniper wearing this jacket. And I asked my platoon sergeant, I says, who's that guy? Why is he wearing a different jacket? Did he get that made himself? He said, no, no, that's a sniper. 
they get issued a different jacket. And I said, I want that jacket. That's, I go, that looks unbelievable. 30 seconds before I asked the question, I didn't even know what that jacket was for, but I just knew, I just knew that it looked quality and it looked like this guy has a higher standard than everyone else. And I said, I want that jacket. And he said to me, dream on, because trust me, you have a long way to go before you get a jacket like that. And he was right, because what I realized is that to get from the jacket that I was wearing, to get to that jacket, okay? It wasn't just a change in jacket. It was so many different changes in mindset. I had to come over, overcome so many dis disappointments, so many obstacles, so many limited beliefs to get from that skinny eight stone guy to an elite level sniper. I had to go through so many different jackets in order to get there. And that's what I always say to people. Think of your mindset like changing a jacket. If you're not happy with the jacket that you're wearing right now, okay, change it. Ask yourself, what jacket am I wearing? Is this serving me? Is this the same jacket that I want to be wearing in three years from now? Or do I want to change it? Do I want to uh, wear that jacket that the guy with the higher standards, the higher quality life, the guy who values his health and fitness a lot more is wearing? And if that's the jacket that you want to wear, go get it. Because if you think back to different stages in your life, think back to your teenage years, think back to when you were 12 years old, you're not wearing the same jacket now as what you were wearing back then. There's been different changes along the way. You're going to have overcome so many different disappointments, so many obstacles. Something I always say to the guys in my program, all right? Every single one of us guys have, have been through our, our, our sniper course in life. Like this, is, this is my example of, of challenges that I've overcome and things that I can use for mental resilience to push me ahead in life. But you've done the same. There's been different aspects of your life where you've been in a certain position. You've, you've got unstuck. You've overcome challenges and you've moved in the right direction. And to do that, you've had to change your jacket. Okay, so a big, big analogy I want you to remember is whenever you're making a mindset shift, whenever you're trying to achieve something you didn't achieve, ask yourself, what jacket am I wearing right now? Is this currently serving me? And what do I need to do in order to change this jacket and get the one with the higher standards? So the next one I think is really, really important is the, to understand your worth your own self-worth. If, if you don't value yourself, you're not going to believe in yourself. If you don't value yourself, you're not going to have confidence in yourself. And if you don't value yourself, it's going to be very, very hard to stand out and achieve what you want to achieve. Uh, over the past month, I've been releasing a three-part mini documentary series on my life. Okay, It started from my early boxing career where you know, with my family, we lived in Belfast, we struggled, we moved on to the south of Ireland. The early, the first document shared goes through all of that. The second part then, it's purposely built around my army career. So working in a leadership capacity, serving overseas with my brother, who's also a sergeant in the army, and being a sniper. And one guy messaged me and he said, I can't understand why you've got a whole documentary series based around the army. He said, you weren't in the Foreign Legion. You're in the Irish Army, you weren't in the Foreign Legion. Okay? And... I took his point on board and, I, and as I responded, I said, you know what? You're right. I wasn't in the Foreign Legion, but I didn't box in the Olympics either. I didn't, you know, I don't have a PhD. I didn't walk on the moon. You know, I grew up in various different council estates. So does all of those things mean that I shouldn't value everything that I've done and I shouldn't put myself in a position where I can lead and I can impact other people? 
because I don't need to do those things, be those things to make a difference, put myself out there and achieve the things that I want to achieve. And it's fair to say I absolutely turned him inside out and handed his ass them on a plate with how I responded. And the reason I was able to respond like that is because I value myself. Yes, there's always someone who will achieve more than you. Yes, there's always someone who would be a little bit ahead of you in your career with their health and fitness, with their family, with their finances, right? You're never going to be the biggest, strongest, wealthiest person on the planet. But we don't want to be reaching towards that. We want to value what we have. We want to have gratitude what we have right now and be able to express that. Because if you can't do that, if you can't value yourself and value what you have right now, it's very, very hard to move forward. You will consistently compare yourself to other people in a negative way. You will consistently put yourself down with negative self-talk, okay, if you don't value yourself. And that's the big, big thing that I took away. I actually added this slide in um, yesterday based on that conversation I had during the week because it actually showed me, it was a lesson for me that I'm giving to you. It was a lesson for you that how much I value myself allows me to stand a little bit taller regardless of who's achieved what in any other aspect of their life. So massively, massively important, guys. If you want to raise your standards, it starts with knowing your own self-worth. The next one, and I, I, this is probably the most important, but the other just have a bit of a flow to it, where I, I like to start off with discussing what the standards of a sniper is, and that flow I just think works really, really well in these presentations. But water in the seed is what I call this, okay? And what I'm, what I'm specifically speaking about here is your daily environment, okay? Your daily environment and the people you surround yourself with. Whenever I was in the army, it's a brotherhood. Everyone is there to support each other all of the time, not just in the army, but with every single aspect of our lives. So if something went wrong in my home life with the car, you reach out to someone in the army. If you were getting your kitchen changed, you reach out to someone in the army. No matter what problem goes on, there's someone in the army can solve it for you. Okay, we very rarely went to like City Street or went to companies. We always looked after each other. And whenever I was stepping away from the army, that's something that I worried about. It's something that made me really anxious because that's all I ever knew in my adult life was these people that are only to support me. So when I was going out to work in the fitness industry, I was a little bit worried that I wasn't going to have that brotherhood. I wasn't going to have that right environment. And the way it was explained to me when I was leaving, okay, I went to um, uh, a guy in the army who I always looked up to, and the way he explained to me was this. He said, Martin, he said, I want you to look at it like this. I want you to look at it like you have a seed for every aspect of your life. He says, you have a seed for your health and fitness. You have a seed for your career. He said, you have a seed for your family, your relationships, all of those things, okay? And where you plant that seed dictates how high it grows. He said, so if you're in, a career right now, if you're in a job and you don't like the people you're surrounding yourself with, they're negative, they have a poor attitude, they turn up late, they want to leave early, you know, they're not the type of people that's looking to push, looking to progress. That's going to hold you back massively. Okay, because they're not watering your seed. And I want you to think about this with the program you're in right now with James. Okay, you're in an environment where you can really, really, really water your seed, but you can also contribute beyond yourself and water the seed to the person to the left and the person to the right, because that's what teamwork is. A lot of coaches will push culture, push community, and it's for that reason, okay? That's what teamwork is. We water each other's seeds. And what I want you to think about is, who is the key player 
in your program right now? A lot of people would probably say the coach, but I would disagree and I would say that you're the key player because I know within my program, every resource, every guest speaker, the membership site, the Facebook videos, the one-to-one check-ins, nutrition, training, absolutely everything that is being designed within my program, right? It's to get one person that result. Because if I can't get one person a result, I can't get two people a result. If I can't get two people a result, I can't multiply that into six, eight, 10, 12. So every single person is the key player. I need to rely on every person within my program to turn up for themselves, but also turn up for the people to their left and right. This picture here is me down behind a sniper rifle, taking a shot in a competition. So it looks like I'm the key player. The guy to my right, he's the commander. He makes all the decisions. Wind, temperature, range, distance, all of the stuff that I can't be thinking about right now, he has to tell me. And I need to trust his judgment. I need to trust his information. He's relying on the radio man on the hill to give him the correct information. The radio man on the hill is relying on the guys in the armored vehicles to bring them into position. So they're relying on them. Every single one of us are the key player. I'm not the key player without his information. He's not the key player without the information on the guy in the hill. Okay, so every single one of us needs to look at ourselves as the key player. And that goes back to self-work. It goes back to understanding what you can bring to the table and how you can contribute beyond yourself, no matter how smart it is. What we do, guys, is we just take a moment and just see what kind of stood up for people so far, because I know I am chucking this um, fairly thick and fast. So it's going to open the chat bar and we just see what people have taken away so far. Don't get on the truck. Guys, if you just share it in the box or if you want to come on quick and share anything at all. So everyone put in something for me. So I see Henry has don't get on the truck. Solid. Can you hear me? Have the positive mindset, whatever you want to be, be positive. Super. We get one more share, guys, and then I'll push on. Keep there, really good. Superb. Superb. I'll crack on. This part is really, really important, okay? Number five is build a few to think bigger than it. So what I'm speaking about here is your ambition and the goal that you want to achieve. You have to have that. If you don't have an ambition, if you don't have a vision in your head long-term of where you can get to, it's very, very hard to build it. It's very hard to fuel it. And it's very hard to think bigger than it. And the most important thing, guys, is thinking bigger than it. It's pointless me talking about standards. It's pointless me talking about how to make a mindset shift if you don't firmly believe that you can achieve what you want to achieve. And that's why you have to think bigger than it. Your ambition can't pull you along. So if you want to achieve a goal of, of losing 20, 30 pounds that you think can massively impact your life, that goal can't be pulling you along every single week. You need to be constantly a step ahead of it and you need to be pulling the goal along. And sometimes our ambition can really, really kind of like scare us because we only know what we know. And I'm going to speak about three things here that can really, really help you to start thinking that little bit bigger than the goals you want to achieve. 
So the first one I call positive self-direction. Now, what positive self-direction is, is it's essentially giving yourself a bit of space and understanding that you've got an opportunity to improve small things every single day. And right now, you only know what you know. When I was a sergeant in the army, I used to train hundreds and hundreds of recruits every single year. And the last platoon I trained, I can remember I had my own office because generally you're out in the ground, like an environment like this with them. But I had my own office and I can remember in the first few weeks, day after day after day, these guys who joined the army, full of ambition, full of drive, full of enthusiasm, full of energy. And then all of a sudden, all it took was one hard day, it took one wet, cold, miserable day like this, just to knock the wind out of their sails a little bit. And they would knock on my door and they'd say, I want to leave. And whenever we sit down and discuss why they want to leave, the reason they wanted to leave is because they only knew what they knew. And what I mean by that is, they were in a little bit of pain, they were in a little bit of discomfort, and they thought it was always going to be like that. They couldn't see the opportunities, the respect, the, all of the things that they would get further down the road. They couldn't see that they had this career path where someday they would get to serve overseas and tours of duty. They'll get to do, you know, enjoyable courses. They'll get to experience so many different things. They couldn't see all of that because they only knew what they knew. They only knew that this is the skills that I have. This is where I am. I'm in pain. I'm stuck. I don't like how I feel. And I don't want to be here anymore. And it's a bit like all of us guys, whenever we're progressing towards things within our, our own lives right now. There's only a certain amount of information that we have. There's only so much that we know. And based on what we know, based on what we have, we're going to feel a certain way. But what I would say to you, okay, is positive self-direction is setting yourself that big audacious goal and having that vision that you will get there and having the patience that you only know what you know right now. But every day is an opportunity okay, to get closer and closer to that goal. Every day is an opportunity to improve your relationship with food, understand nutrition a little bit better, understand training a little bit better, increase your fitness levels, you know, they're all little micro opportunities that sit under our nose every single day. And that's the positive self-direction that gets us to that bigger goal. We don't try and take the hill in one go. Okay, so nobody starts at the bottom of the mountain and scales it on their first attempt. Everyone has to start somewhere and build and build and build and hit all these little waypoints along the way. And if you're not willing to hit those little waypoints along the way, you're going to get lost. Okay, that's why we use what we call a root card in the army, where we take a big, long leg and we break it down into mini legs, okay? And the reason we do that is so that we don't get lost, we don't get distracted along the way. So positive self-direction, the first thing, massively important. The second thing is, is self-ownership. Every single person on this call right now will understand what self-ownership is in some way, shape, or form, where you have to take ownership of it. You have to have the attitude where I'm going to go out, I'm going to achieve what I want to achieve, and I'm going to get it. Okay, I'm going to grab it by the cojones, and I'm going to get the goals, what I want to achieve. Here's two things that you need to have to take ownership of something, okay? Number one is attitude, and number two is effort. So when I speak about attitude, I'm speaking specifically about what I said in the previous slide. I'm speaking about looking at everything in a positive light where everything's an opportunity. Like today, right now, when you jump off this call, you've got so many different opportunities sitting under your nose to improve your attitude, to be that person who's going to take ownership 
and go on and start achieving the goals that you want to achieve. Look at the opportunities that you have there. It doesn't matter how small they are. Like I said, it could be improving your relationship with food. It could be enhancing your fitness levels. It could be educating yourself a little bit better. It could be stepping outside your comfort zone, challenging yourself, overcoming something that you might fear. I only spoke about this yesterday in one of the character building trainings that I do with my guys that I remember a long, long time ago, I was doing a course and on the course, there was um, a 26 foot bridge that you had to jump off. I had a massive fear of water. I had a massive fear of heights. And I can remember the instructor spotted it. When I was walking towards that bridge, the guy, he obviously really, really understood physiology and all of that stuff. And he called me over and he said, you're terrified right now. And I said, I am. And he said, okay, what are you frightened of? Is it heights? Is it water? I said, a bit of both. He said, okay, you see that guy in front? He's not afraid of heights. He's not afraid of water. He's going to step off that bridge when he's told to. Some people just think they're afraid of these things. And it's the thoughts that you're afraid of, not the actual event. He said, because when you do that, you're going to be safe. There's no way in hell anything bad can happen to you here. When you jump off that bridge, there's a diver in the water. He's going to grab you straight away. He'll bring you to safety if you can't swim back in. You're under absolutely no uh, danger here whatsoever. The only fears you have is around the thoughts of what you need to do. Okay? So understand that. That sometimes the reason we don't take the opportunities that we should take that can help us get that big leap of confidence because I took a huge amount of confidence from that that day. I overcame so many different fears and I used that as an example for different things that I was trying to overcome in the future. I still go back to that as a way of promoting mental resilience and reinforcing mental resilience to myself. And that was down to taking the opportunity that was presented in front of me. But sometimes we don't take the right opportunities because we think, okay, and that's all it is, we think we can't do it. Whereas the reality is, is once you get your boots on the ground and you start taking action, you actually can do it. And there's very, very little in your way by ourselves. It's our thought processes is our biggest obstacle. It's not the busy work schedule. It's not gyms being closed. It's none of that stuff. It's our thought processes is our biggest obstacle that diminishes our attitude and puts us in that position where we can't take ownership of things, okay? The second one is your, your effort, your level of effort. And this comes back to having self-belief. I want you to think about a time when you did an exam in the past. It could have been school or something like that, okay? And I guarantee if you thought you were going to fail, and if you told yourself you were going to fail that exam, you would have brought okay, a much different level of effort to the exam. You probably would have walked over to the exam and remembered all the answers that just wouldn't come to you in the exam. Why? Because you didn't bring your best effort. The reason you didn't bring your best effort, okay, is because you told yourself you were going to fail. It's like if you're on this program right now and James has set you a goal to lose 20 pounds in the next 90 days. If you don't firmly believe you can achieve that and you don't reinforce yourself you can achieve it, you're not going to bring your best effort. You're not going to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm bringing my best because you don't fully believe you can achieve it. And when we don't fully believe we can achieve something, we can't take ownership for it and we can't bring our absolute best. So two points on ownership, attitude, effort, massively important. The next one, okay, is self-comparison. A lot of people will look at self-comparison in a very negative way. And you can compare yourself to people, put people on a pedestal, put yourself in a pit, and it can really diminish your levels of self-confidence and make you feel like you're not moving in the right direction. It's like social media. 
if you go onto social media and you compare yourself to someone that you don't have a lot in line with in terms of your values and their values, it can make you feel worthless. And the reason that is okay is because you're comparing yourself to people in the wrong manner. There's two ways we can compare ourselves to someone. The first one is you compare yourself to someone to make yourself feel better or make yourself feel worse. So if you compare yourself to someone's body image on social media, it's generally because, number one, you want to make yourself feel a little bit better and you want to make yourself feel a little bit worse. You will never come out of that with a positive. That's negative self-comparison. When you compare yourself to someone to change how you feel, it's negative self-comparison. The second one, which is positive self-comparison, is comparing yourself to someone to improve yourself. Okay? Example. When I joined the army and I was training recruits very, very early in my career, I was 19 years old. I didn't shave. I was small. I was skinny. A lot of recruits were a lot older than me. And in order to raise my standards, I had to compare myself to the instructors that were with me. There was instructors there that had trained 10 platoons before that. They had bags of experience. I compared to myself to what they were doing. I started to mimic the things that they did on a day-to-day basis. And as I did, that made me so much better at my job. And as it got better and better and better, I looked up to these guys more, took so much inspiration from them. And then I was the person in that top position and the guys coming through were comparing themselves to me. And they were taking inspiration from what I was doing and they were mimicking what I was doing. And that made them better and better and better at their job. And that's called positive self-comparison. It's where you take inspiration from someone, okay, based on you getting to where they are right now. And whenever you do that, it can only enhance you as a person. So it's massively, massively important to sit down and actually identify. If you ever look at where someone is and you feel worthless, you feel like you're being overly negative to yourself, you're putting yourself down, you're lacking confidence, you're lacking self-belief because you see what other people are achieving and you can't see what you're achieving, that's negative self-comparison. And you're likely doing it in a manner to change how you feel, where you want to feel a little bit better, you want to feel a little bit worse. It never ends in a positive. You need to look at people and take inspiration from people who might be where you are, but you know that if you take the actions, the steps, the behaviors that they have taken, you're going to get to where they are. And the example that I use is is me mimicking the instructors that were ahead of me, taking inspiration from them, and then getting to that position where people are starting to take that inspiration that comparison for me, and now they're pushing towards where I, where I once was. So massively, massively important. To finish up, guys, everything I've spoken about so far, okay, all of that stuff, I always say it, that's the difference between amateurs and professionals. Um, the difference between an amateur and a professional is how fast you bounce back from a failure. And I learned that the hard way on a sniper course. I'll go back to that course. It's an 80% failure rate. If 10 people start, eight will fail. If 10 people start, every single one of those 10 people will fail multiple times throughout the course. The difference between the two is that they bounce back quicker. The difference between the two is that whenever they're still in the line, and their name is called out, and they're told that they've failed, they'll bounce back from that much, much quicker than the amateur. And everything we spoke about here, 
the standards that you set, the jacket that you're wearing, the environment that you surround yourself with, where you're planting your seed, how you compare yourself to other people, the value, the self-worth that you have for yourself, all of those things, okay? They're the difference between amateurs and professionals. And that's what you have to ask yourself. Do I want to be a pro? Do I want to change my jacket? Do I want to change my standards? Or do I want to be an amateur? And just to summarize everything that we've talked about, I want to break this down into six bullet points, okay, of, of, of what we do. It's very, very easy to turn up as your absolute best on the 1st of January when everyone is full of motivation, full of energy. It's very easy to turn up as your absolute best when everything in life is going hunky-dory. But it's when the cracks start to show, right, and you're, you're under pressure and everything's not going your way and your back is to the wall a little bit and the cracks are starting to show in life. That's when you need to turn up as your absolute best. It's that busy week you work. It's when you have those personal issues is when you need to turn up as your absolute best. And it's at those stages, guys, where number one, we don't get on the truck. It's at those times when a crack starts to show that we commit to change in our jacket and that we know our own worth inside out. And it's whenever the cracks start to show is whenever we lean in and we take support from that positive environment and we water our seed and we water the seed to the people that are left and right and it's when those cracks the show is whenever we turn up with, with ambition, with energy, with drive, we set that goal, okay? And we have direction, ownership, and inspiration. They're the three things I spoke about that you need to build it, fuel it, and think bigger than that ambition and that goal. Guys, I hope you took a lot from that. I hope it was insightful. Like I said, those six key points are the main, main takeaways from this whole presentation. Um, if you took anything from it, if you have any questions, please just drop it into the chat bar or feel free to unmute and ask any questions you have, guys. Tyson, did you want to share um, what you said about the social media thing? What do you want me to run for it? So Tyson asked, uh, Tyson said that he uh, suffers from the self-comparison negatively on uh, social media. Um, like what would your top kind of tip to be to kind of flip that? Yeah, um, my top tip would be, right, okay, and I actually spoke about this to one of, one of my clients the other night. If you were to go through your social media feed, right, look at the accounts that you follow and ask yourself, how many of these are really in line with my hobbies? Would you believe right, that bodybuilding, physique coaching, fitness in general, it's not one of my biggest hobbies. Like It's not something that I massively, massively get fired up about or enjoy. I love boxing. I actually really, really enjoy boxing. And what I realized is that I follow a very, very small amount of boxing um, profiles and pages on social media. And I was following a huge amount of things that I didn't really enjoy. Business accounts, mentorship program, all this stuff that I didn't need to be following. And I, I unfollowed all of those things that no longer serve me, that suck my energy or take time from my day and where I can contribute. So what I would encourage you to do is number one, unfollow things that no longer serve you and maybe start following different accounts that do serve you a little bit better and are more aligned with your hobbies. Or number two, start setting more boundaries around social media. Um, if you were to check your screen time and just look at, at, at how much you went to every single day, I can guarantee it's way too much. My, my younger cousin is actually a coach within my program and I got him through a presentation from my guys the other night and he made a really, really good point. 
He said, social media can look like a street full of Ferraris. He said, if you go onto social media and you follow all fit pros and stuff like this, it can look like a street full of Ferraris. He said, no, unless you live in Monte Carlo or somewhere, you're not going to walk down any street in Belfast, any street in London, any street in Manchester and see a street full of Ferraris. And a lot of times, whenever you just go out and like walk around your local area, walk around your local shopping center, a lot of the people that you see, they don't look like what they look like on social media. So it's important to have that level of maturity to understand that a lot of it is kind of like fabricated and false also. You're back. Pause today. Yeah, 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 you're back now, mate. Yeah, that's cool. No, that's that's a really good analogy. That I like that. Um, yeah. I've got a question that I wrote down earlier on. So, what was the turning point where, like you said, when you started with the army and stuff, what was the turning point where you you first gained confidence with what it was you were doing? Yeah, whenever I first um, when I first joined the army, when I really really started to gain confidence was when I seen other people kind of believe to me. Because, like I said, like be, it wasn't going to be an overnight job where, like, I was eight stone, I didn't shave, I had a lot of mature and a lot of growing up to do. Um, so it was always going to be the butt of a few jokes and stuff. Not bullying, just the butt of a few jokes, essentially, is what it was. But it was whenever I seen, like, other leaders and stuff showing that little bit of belief in me and kind of, like, encouraging me of where they once were and where I could potentially get to, it was really, really good. I took inspiration from that. I took a lot of inspiration from other people who'd walked that path before, you know? Um, and I think that's really, really important. I think, um, like, guidance is massively, massively important for, for taking inspiration from if you have low self-confidence, low self-belief. And then, moving on further, it's putting yourself in those challenging situations. In the army, you have a thing called an old sweat. What an old sweat is, is it's somebody who doesn't want to do anything. They just want a cushy number. They just want to live on easy street. And it was those guys who used to say to me, why are you doing a sniper course? It's stupid. Like you're going to kill yourself for God knows how long. You're going to have to do all training for years and years and years afterwards where you're going to be out in the wet cold getting miserable. Other people can be sitting in a nice warm truck watching you. What are you going to do? Put yourself through that whenever there's nothing you can take from that. Like there's no qualification. Because in the army, you can really, really educate yourself. Like you can do a degree, you can do apprenticeship schemes, you can do all of that stuff in the army. It never appealed to me. I wanted to be a soldier. And people couldn't understand that mindset. Whereas in reality, it's, it's the skills I took from putting myself in those challenging situations, which allows me to be a good life coach, be a good mindset coach, be a good fitness coach, where I can help so many people overcome different aspects of things within their life. And I wouldn't have those skills unless I put myself in challenging situations. My biggest low, um, my biggest low point was, was probably whenever I did leave the army. Whenever I initially left the army, um, like I didn't have a lot of finances in the bank and I didn't have a lot of support and guidance. So I suppose I felt that like there was a lot of pressure, a lot of expectations on my shoulders. Like I got a mortgage, a young family, all of those different things. And I suppose it was, it was a real low point. But how I overcame it was, again, I reflected back on different obstacles, different challenges that I overcame in different aspects of my life. And I asked myself one question. I said, what would the best version of you do right now? 
And would the best version of you be able to overcome these obstacles? And the answer was yes. Like I would go out and dig roads if I had that to provide for my family. So I knew I was safe. I knew I was secure. I knew that I couldn't be in any direct danger of losing my house or anything like that. And I took a lot of confidence from that. And that gave me the confidence to push and push and push and build the business that I have built today. Um, and I, I suppose the biggest high would be seeing the fruits of that. Seeing that, you know what, whenever you do turn up as your absolute best, look what you can achieve. And that's a really important uh, question to ask yourself, guys. Are you turning up as your absolute best? Because I knew I wasn't. And I had to ask myself, like, when I look back at the younger version of me, when I was like 23, 24, 25, it was like a different, it was like an out-of-body experience. It's like um, whenever I was at my lowest, it's like I was thinking back to a different person. And I just asked myself, what would that version of you do? That version of you would absolutely obliterate these goals. So you need to get back into that mindset. You need to get back into the swing of things of how you turned up for yourself every single day, back at those stages in your life. And that's exactly what I did. And that just led to the biggest highs where it just gave me the confidence, the belief to show what I can actually build and develop um, whenever I do turn up as my absolute best, which all it takes is a mindset shift. I didn't need any more knowledge. I didn't need any more information. I just needed to look at myself in the mirror and ask myself, how you turn up as your absolute best, which is really, really important. Um, a book I would recommend. I've actually got a lot of books next to me right here. Um, there's one book that I would recommend would be Extreme Ownership. Um, like I work with a lot of people who have like stressful work lives and stuff like that. And, and what I always say is, is it a stressful work life or is it your thoughts around it are stressful? And nine times out of ten, it's the thoughts around it. Like if you work in an environment where there's certain things that you have to do every day and you just find that really, really stressful, the chances are that there's someone working with you that doesn't find it stressful. And if you can change your level of thinking around those things, it'll massively help. So Extreme Ownership is a fantastic book that can really give you the tools to look at different situations in a much, much different light. Just seeing the lessons that you can take, the disciplines that you can take, you know, teaches you a lot about discipline. That book, which is really, really important because uh, something I really, really took from it is that um, having discipline in one aspect of your life can give you so much freedom in other aspects of your life. Like if, for me, I get up every morning at 5 a.m. and I'm in the gym for 6 a.m. And people are like, Jesus, like, how, how do you stick to that all year round? The reality is it gives me so much freedom later on in the day. It's not like I'm doing it to be tough or anything. It's that come three or four o'clock in the day, I'm like, what am I doing for the rest of the day? Do you know, I've got so much time. I can bring my kids to the park. I can do whatever I want in the evenings because I don't have to come home from work and run out the train or any of those things, you know. Um, and it's like anything. If you just show a little bit of discipline in one aspect of your life, you will be massively repaid in other aspects. And Extreme Ownership is a great book. You'll probably have to read it a couple of times. That can really help you to get into that mindset. Uh, long story short, I joined the army at 35. It took me three years to get there. I faced many hurdles setbacks. Once there, I loved it and I found I was quite good at it. A lot of things that I thought it wouldn't be superb. Due to a few shitty deals, I ended up having to leave. I didn't want to, but it seemed to be the best time for me. And I'm now going back to reserve soldier. But I regret leaving. I wonder how you deal with regrets. That's after just dropping on me. How you deal with regrets? Um, how do you stop negative thoughts from creeping in? I don't tend to worry about things I can't control, but I always wonder, um, what if I did this or that? 
What I would say, okay, is trying to overcome any disappointments or anything like that in the past. There's, there's three things that I always encourage people to do. Number one, have a different perception. Number two, change how you communicate yourself with that different perception. And number three, start taking different actions. So for you there, okay, um, there's a lot of positives you can even take from just reading that short narrative. You were in the military, you've got experience that you can bring further with you in life and you achieved things, you overcame hurdles and setbacks that you probably didn't think you could. So what I would say is you can't go back in time, but you can go forward. So to have a different per perception instead of having a negative view, because a lot, a lot of people can, I see people every day that I know that leave the army and they, they look at it as a negative that they've left this environment where I always say, to have a positive spin on it. It's called killing the old identity. You don't want your identity to be based off what you were in the past or where you worked. You want your identity to be constantly evolving. So right now I'm a fitness coach. Before I was a sniper and sergeant in the army, I've killed that identity. Now I'm the fitness coach, right? In five years time, that identity will be different. And I'll take the positives from every single step, every single identity that I worked through to get to that person that I want to be. And it's really, really important to have that mindset. You can't go back in time. So have a different perspective on that. Change how you communicate to yourself and then start taking different actions in line with that. So mindset is definitely my hardest obstacle. I very much struggle with change. James helped with that by setting a 30-day challenge for me to try and conquer. My name struggle. If I have a couple of days out of gym, couple of days off I find it very very hard to get back into the routine for instance I stopped tracking calories for a couple of days and uh, what I would say to that Todd okay is like I said you can't get on the truck if you get on the truck you have to get off it at some stage um, and, and I always use that example whenever I see people get on the truck it's such a hard road back it's such a hard road back so what I would say is stop and tracking momentarily for a few days that's not getting on the truck, okay? That's stopping halfway up the hill in just need of a little bit of a rest, a respite, a little bit of a detour. You're not quitting, you're not giving up on yourself. Those things happen. Every single one of us hit those obstacles. You hit that rush. I always say that it's like a it's like a muddy track where you're going to get stuck and the wheels are going to start to spin. But it's what you do from that position, it's how you bounce back, which dictates the person you are. So start looking at the opportunities. You know, what's the opportunities that you can take from those little things that you struggle with and start, you know, maybe just making it a little bit challenging for yourself, a little bit more easier to stay consistent with and start moving forward with that. I had a rubbish day yesterday. I didn't go to the gym at three like normal. I felt bad, went at seven. I did. Key is mentality and striving to be the best. Absolutely, Glenn. Um, like I said, there like about discipline a second ago. Having discipline is awareness around something that you know you need to do. The opposite of discipline, guys, is procrastination. Todd, I think this could help you as well. The opposite of discipline is procrastination. Procrastination is overthinking what you know you need to do. So, for example, if you know that you have to go to the gym today, you've got that scheduled pl session planned. If you skip it and you don't go today, that diminishes your level of self-discipline. You start to feel and communicate yourself, I'm not disciplined here. So you need to catch those thoughts straight away. Like if, if it's 
you've been set a 30 day challenge to track food or do a certain amount of steps each day or do a certain amount of workouts within the 30 days, make it a big, big, big priority to stick to that because whenever you do, it massively heightens your levels of self-discipline, which heightens how you communicate yourself. Superb. Mm-hmm. Any more questions, guys? I know Todd put something about social media again. Um, social media is a smokescreen and you only ever see the people at their best. Yeah, so spot on, mate. So what is, what's the account that you're following that only show transition? So there's a couple of people asked in the box there. If, if there's any other questions, guys, post them in the box or bring them on the share. Don't want to keep Martin all day. Oh, there we go. <clears throat> One more. What is the physical achievement that you are most proud of? Um, I suppose the physical achievement I'm most proud of is a year-round thing. Like, I'm very, very consistent with my, my health and fitness. And that's something that I'm most proud of because that's what I, I, I preach. Like, I don't preach um, how to achieve a one-off event like an Ironman, a marathon, or, you know, like a heavy terrain walk or anything like that. Like that, I preach consistency. I preach, you know, setting high standards and maintaining them long-term. So I think just being able to do that, like I'm 36 years old right now. Um, and I have, like, since since my teenage years, I've always been very, very consistent. Never taken time out of the gym. I've never, you know, let up on my standards with my food and stuff. And that's definitely my proudest achievement because longevity is the key in this game. Yeah, and there you go, girl. You can even take a lot of confidence from that again. Like I said, if you were to sit down and just write positive experiences at the top of that page, I guarantee you would probably fill three or four, or four pages at minimum of positive experiences that you had when you were in the military and just start looking at how you can start to inject them into your life moving forward from today and use that as an opportunity. I don't think there's any more questions, guys. So what... Uh, if we can all put in your kind of biggest takeaway from today so we can use one of the six or something else that you've kind of taken from um, this masterclass, just so Martin knows what stood out most for him. So if we can all do that for me just now. That was brilliant, mate. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Really enjoyed it. Just wait for everyone to turn up. Turn it up with ambition. Nice, Rob. Superb. Don't be shy, guys. I've got plenty of notes. What would the best version of yourself do? Nice, Tice. Henry, to expect failure because it normally happens. Don't get down in dumps. Bounce back from it as quickly as possible. Just reaffirm the positive mindset thing for me. Perfect. I'm surprised nobody said don't get on the truck. Anyone going with that? I've spoken about this before. When you when you did something with me previously, I don't, yeah. don't get on the truck. Don't get on the truck. Yeah, there we go. Don't get on the truck. Yeah. Brilliant. Superb. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate all the feedback there. It's absolutely fantastic to see. Fuck the truck. I'm walking. <laughs> no, I think on, honestly, like this is one of the best. Um, masterclasses we've had on I said to the guys there was big expectations for this and we weren't disappointed 
So this is probably the, the busiest that we've had in the group, I think, um, for a Saturday morning. So, yeah, really appreciate everything you've done today, Martin. Um, and thanks for your time. Can everyone, yeah, pop in the box. Thank you to Martin. Um, Ben's just messaged me, taking loads. So thank you. A big one was know your worth. Also get inspired by others. Yeah, nice one, Ben. So yeah, really, really loads of takeaways from this. Thank you, Martin. Great stuff. Perfect. I'll, um, I'll, I'll drop your message as well shortly, Martin. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no, thanks, thanks so much for coming on today, mate. He's in quick, guys. Top stuff. Thanks. Brilliant. The show our appreciation for Martin. Guys, what I'm going to do as well, I'm going to hang around for sort of five, ten minutes after. So if you've got any struggles, anything you want to cover, um, anything you want to talk about, we, um, I'm going to hang around for sort of five, ten minutes after. So I'm going to hang out about, if not, have a good day, guys. Thanks again, Martin. And I'll drop your message shortly. Thanks so much, mate. Yeah, chat to Cheers, guys.